Question 5 of Summa Theologica, Pars Prima Secundae, on the last end and on human acts. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Summa Theologica, Pars Prima Secundae, on the last end and on human acts, by St. Thomas Aquinas. Translated by the Fathers of the English Dominican Province. Question 5. Of the Attainment of Happiness in Eight Articles. We must now consider the attainment of happiness. Under this heading there are eight points of inquiry. 1. Whether man can attain happiness. 2. Whether one man can be happier than another. 3. Whether any man can be happy in this life. 4. Whether happiness once had can be lost. 5. Whether man can attain happiness by means of his natural powers. 6. Whether man attains happiness through the action of some higher creature. 7. Whether any actions of man are necessary in order that man may attain happiness of God. 8. Whether every man desires happiness. First article whether man can attain happiness objection one it would seem that man cannot attain happiness for just as the rational is above the sensible nature so the intellectual is above the rational as dionysius declares divine names four six seven in several passages but irrational animals that have the sensitive nature only cannot attain the end of the rational nature. Therefore, neither can man, who is of rational nature, attain the end of the intellectual nature, which is happiness. Objection 2. Further, true happiness consists in seeing God, who is pure truth. But from his very nature, man considers truth in material things, Wherefore, quote, he understands the intelligible species in the phantasm. On the soul, 3, 7. Therefore, he cannot attain happiness. Objection 3. Further, happiness consists in attaining the sovereign good, but we cannot arrive at the top without surmounting the middle. Since, therefore, the angelic nature through which man cannot mount, is midway between God and human nature. It seems that he cannot attain happiness. On the contrary, it is written, Psalms 93.12, Blessed is the man whom thou shalt instruct, O Lord. Unquote. I answer that happiness is the attainment of the perfect good, Whoever, therefore, is capable of the perfect good can attain happiness. Now that man is capable of the perfect good is proved both because his intellect can apprehend the universal and perfect good and because his will can desire it, and therefore man can attain happiness. This can be proved again from the fact that man is capable of seeing God, as stated in the first part, question 12 article one in which vision as we stated above question three article eight man's perfect happiness consist reply objection one 
the rational exceeds the sensitive nature otherwise than the intellectual surpasses the rational for the rational exceeds the sensitive nature in respect of the object of its knowledge since the senses have no knowledge whatever of the universal whereas the reason has knowledge thereof but the intellectual surpasses the rational nature as to the mode of knowing the same intelligible truth for the intellectual nature grasps forthwith the truth with which rational nature reaches by the inquiry of reason as was made clear in the first part question fifty eight article three question seventy nine article eight therefore reason arrives by a kind of movement at that which the intellect grasps consequently the rational nature can attain happiness which is the perfection of the intellectual nature but otherwise than the angels because the angels attained it forthwith after the beginning of their creation whereas man attains if after a time but the sensitive nature can nowise attain this end reply objection to to man in the present state of life the natural way of knowing intelligible truth is by means of phantasms but after this state of life he has another natural way as was stated in the first part question eighty four article seven question eighty nine article one reply objection three man cannot surmount the angels in the degree of nature so as to be above them naturally but he can surmount them by an operation of the intellect by understanding that there is above the angels something that makes men happy and when he has attained it he will be perfectly happy second article whether one man can be happier than another objection one it would seem that one man cannot be happier than another for happiness is quote, the reward of virtue unquote, as the philosopher says ethics one nine but equal reward is given for all the works of virtue because it is written matthew twenty ten that all who labor in the vineyard quote, received every man a penny unquote. for as gregory says homily nineteen on the gospels quote, each was equally rewarded with eternal life unquote. therefore one man cannot be happier than another objection two further happiness is the supreme good but nothing can surpass the supreme therefore one man's happiness cannot be surpassed by another's objection three further since happiness is quote, the perfect and sufficient good unquote, ethics one seven it brings rest to man's desire but his desire is not at rest if he yet lacks some good that can be got and if he lack nothing that he can get there can be no still greater good therefore either man is not happy or if he be happy no other happiness can be greater on the contrary it is written john fourteen two in my father's house there are many mansions which according to augustine first tractate on the gospel of john seventeen signify quote, the diverse dignities of merits in the one eternal life end quote. 
but the dignity of eternal life which is given according to merit is happiness itself therefore there are diverse degrees of happiness and happiness is not equally in all i answer that as stated above question one article eight question two article seven happiness implies two things to wit the last end itself i e the sovereign good and the attainment or enjoyment of that same good as to that good itself which is the object and cause of happiness one happiness cannot be greater than another since there is but one sovereign good namely god by enjoying whom men are made happy but as to the attainment or enjoyment of this good one man can be happier than another because the more a man enjoys this good the happier he is now that one man enjoys god more than another happens through his being better disposed or ordered to the enjoyment of him and in this sense one man can be happier than another reply objection one the one penny signifies that happiness is one in its object but the many mansions signify the manifold happiness in the diverse degrees of enjoyment reply objection two happiness is said to be the supreme good inasmuch as it is the perfect possession or enjoyment of the supreme good reply objection three none of the blessed lacks any desirable good since they have the infinite good itself which is quote, the good of all good as augustine says in orations on the psalms one thirty four but one is said to be happier than another by reason of diverse participation of the same good and the addition of other goods does not increase happiness since augustine says confessions five four quote, he who knows thee and others besides is not the happier for knowing them but is happy for knowing thee alone third article whether one can be happy in this life objection one it would seem that happiness can be had in this life for it is written psalms one eighteen verse one quote, blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the lord unquote but this happens in this life therefore one can be happy in this life objection to further imperfect participation in the sovereign good does not destroy the nature of happiness otherwise one would not be happier than another but men can participate in the sovereign good in this life by knowing and loving god albeit imperfectly therefore man can be happy in this life objection three further what is said by many cannot be altogether false since what is in many comes apparently from nature and nature does not fail altogether now many say that happiness can be had in this life as appears from psalms one forty three verse fifteen quote, they have called the people happy that hath these things unquote, to wit the good things in this life therefore one can be happy in this life on the contrary it is written job fourteen verse one quote, man born of a woman living for a short time is filled with many miseries unquote. but happiness excludes misery therefore man cannot be happy in this life 
I answer that a certain participation of happiness can be had in this life, but perfect and true happiness cannot be had in this life. This may be seen from a twofold consideration. First, from the general notion of happiness. For since happiness is a, quote, perfect and sufficient good, unquote, it excludes every evil and fulfills every desire. But in this life, every evil cannot be excluded. For this present life is subject to many unavoidable evils, to ignorance on the part of the intellect, to inordinate affection on the part of the appetite, and to many penalties on the part of the body, as Augustine sets forth in the City of God, 19.4. Likewise, neither can the desire for good be satiated in this life, for man naturally desires the good which he has to be abiding. Now the goods of the present life pass away, since life itself passes away, which we naturally desire to have and would wish to hold abidingly, for man naturally shrinks from death. Wherefore, it is impossible to have true happiness in this life. Secondly, from a consideration of the specific nature of happiness, viz. the vision of the divine essence, which man cannot obtain in this life, as was shown in the first part. Question 12. Article 11. Hence, it is evident that none can attain true and perfect happiness in this life. Reply Objection 1. Some are said to be happy in this life, either on account of the hope of obtaining happiness in the life to come, according to Romans 8, verse 24, quote, we are saved by hope, unquote, or on account of a certain participation of happiness by reason of a kind of enjoyment of the sovereign good. Reply, objection to. The imperfection of participated happiness is due to one of two causes. First, on the part of the object of happiness, which is not seen in its essence, and this imperfection destroys the nature of true happiness. Secondly, the imperfection may be on the part of the participator, who indeed attains the object of happiness in itself, namely God. Imperfectly, however, in comparison with the way in which God enjoys himself. This imperfection does not destroy the true nature of happiness, because since happiness is an operation, as stated above, question 3, article 2, the true nature of happiness is taken from the object which specifies the act, and not from the subject. Reply, objection 3. Men esteem that there is some kind of happiness to be had in this life on account of a certain likeness to true happiness, and thus they do not fail altogether in their estimate. Fourth article. Whether happiness once had can be lost. Objection 1. It would seem that happiness can be lost, for happiness is a perfection, but every perfection is in the thing perfected according to the mode of the latter. Since then man is, by his nature, changeable, it seems that happiness is participated by man in a changeable manner, and consequently it seems that man can lose happiness. Objection 2. Further, happiness consists in an act of the intellect, and the intellect is subject to the will, but the will can be directed to opposites, Therefore, it seems that it can desist from the operation whereby man is made happy, 
and thus man will cease to be happy objection three further the end corresponds to the beginning but man's happiness has a beginning since man was not always happy therefore it seems that it has an end on the contrary it is written matthew twenty five verse forty six of the righteous that quote, they shall go into life everlasting unquote, which as above stated article two is the happiness of the saints now what is eternal ceases not therefore happiness cannot be lost i answer that if we speak of imperfect happiness such as can be had in this life in this sense it can be lost this is clear of contemplative happiness which is lost either by forgetfulness for instance when knowledge is lost through sickness or again by certain occupations whereby a man is altogether withdrawn from contemplation this is also clear of active happiness since man's will can be changed so as to fall to vice from the virtue in whose act that happiness principally consists if however the virtue remain unimpaired outward changes can indeed disturb such like happiness in so far as they hinder many acts of virtue but they cannot take it away altogether because there still remains an act of virtue whereby man bears these trials in a praiseworthy manner and since the happiness of this life can be lost a circumstance that appears to be contrary to the nature of happiness therefore did the philosopher state ethics one ten that some are happy in this life not simply but quote, as men unquote, whose nature is subject to change but if we speak of that perfect happiness which we await after this life it must be observed that origin on first principles two three following the error of certain platonists held that man can become unhappy after the final happiness this however is evidently false for two reasons first from the general notion of happiness for since happiness is the quote, perfect and sufficient good unquote, it must needs set man's desire at rest and exclude every evil now man naturally desires to hold to the good that he has and to have the surety of his holding else he must of necessity be troubled with the fear of losing it or with the sorrow of knowing that he will lose it therefore it is necessary for true happiness that man have the assured opinion of never losing the good he possesses if this opinion be true it follows that he never will lose happiness but if it be false it is in itself an evil that he should have a false opinion because the false is the evil of the intellect just as the true is its good as stated in ethics six two consequently he will no longer be truly happy if evil be in him secondly it is again evident if we consider the specific nature of happiness for it has been shown above question three article eight that man's perfect happiness consists in the vision of the divine essence now it is impossible for anyone seeing the divine essence to wish not to see it because every good that one possesses and yet wishes to be without is either insufficient something more sufficing being desired in its stead or else has some inconvenience attached to it 
by reason of which it becomes wearisome but the vision of the divine essence fills the soul with all good things since it unites it to the source of all goodness hence it is written psalms sixteen verse fifteen quote, i shall be satisfied when thy glory shall appear unquote, and wisdom seven verse eleven quote, all good things came to me together with her i e with the contemplation of wisdom in like manner neither has it any inconvenience attached to it because it is written of the contemplation of wisdom wisdom eight verse sixteen quote, her conversation hath no bitterness nor her company any tediousness unquote. it is thus evident that the happy man cannot forsake happiness of his own accord moreover neither can he lose happiness through god taking it away from him because since the withdrawal of happiness is a punishment it cannot be enforced by god the just judge except for some fault and he sees that god cannot fall into a fault since rectitude of the will of necessity results from that vision as was shown above question four article four nor again can it be withdrawn by any other agent because the mind that is united to god is raised above all other things and consequently no other agent can sever the mind from that union therefore it seems unreasonable that as time goes on man should pass from happiness to misery and vice versa because such like vicissitudes of time can only be for such things as are subject to time and movement reply objection one happiness is a consummate perfection which excludes every defect from the happy and therefore whoever has happiness has it altogether unchangeably this is done by the divine power which raises man to the participation of eternity which transcends all change reply objection two the will can be directed to opposites in things which are ordained to the end but it is ordained of natural necessity to the last end this is evident from the fact that man is unable not to wish to be happy reply objection three happiness has a beginning owing to the condition of the participator but it has no end by reason of the condition of the good the participation of which makes man happy hence the beginning of happiness is from one cause its endlessness is from another fifth article whether man can attain happiness by his natural powers objection one it would seem that man can attain happiness by his natural powers for nature does not fail in necessary things but nothing is so necessary to man as that by which he attains the last end therefore this is not lacking to human nature therefore man can attain happiness by his natural powers objection two further since man is more noble than irrational creatures it seems that he must be better equipped than they but irrational creatures can attain their end by their natural powers much more therefore can man attain happiness by his natural powers objection three further happiness is quote, a perfect operation unquote, according to the philosopher ethics seven thirteen now the beginning of a thing belongs to the same principle as the perfecting thereof since therefore the imperfect operation 
which is as the beginning in human operations is subject to man's natural power whereby he is master of his own actions it seems that he can attain to perfect operation i e happiness by his natural powers on the contrary man is naturally the principle of his action by his intellect and will but final happiness prepared for the saints surpasses the intellect and will of man for the apostle says first corinthians two verse nine quote, eye hath not seen nor ear heard neither hath it entered into the heart of man what things god hath prepared for them that love him therefore man cannot attain happiness by his natural powers i answer that imperfect happiness that can be had in this life can be acquired by man by his natural powers in the same way as virtue in whose operation it consists on this point we shall speak further on question sixty three but man's perfect happiness as stated above question three article eight consists in the vision of the divine essence now the vision of god's essence surpasses the nature not only of man but also of every creature as was shown in the first part question twelve article four for the natural knowledge of every creature is in keeping with the mode of his substance thus it is said of the intelligence book of causes proposition eight that quote, it knows things that are above it and things that are below it according to the mode of its substance end quote. but every knowledge that is according to the mode of created substance falls short of the vision of the divine essence which infinitely surpasses all created substance consequently neither man nor any creature can attain final happiness by its natural powers reply objection one just as nature does not fail man in necessaries although it has not provided him with weapons and clothing as it provided other animals because it gave him reason and hands with which he is able to get these things for himself so neither did it fail man in things necessary although it gave him not the wherewithal to attain happiness since this it could not do but it did give him free will with which he can turn to god that he may make him happy Quote, for what we do by means of our friends is done in a sense by ourselves ethics three three reply objection two the nature that can attain perfect good although it needs help from without in order to attain it is of more noble condition than a nature which cannot attain perfect good but attains some imperfect good although it need no help from without in order to attain it as the philosopher says on the heavens two twelve thus he is better disposed to health who can attain perfect health albeit by means of medicine than he who can attain but imperfect health without the help of medicine and therefore the rational creature which can attain the perfect good of happiness but needs the divine assistance for the purpose is more perfect than the irrational creature which is not capable of attaining this good but attains some imperfect good by its natural powers reply objection three when imperfect and perfect are of the same species 
they can be caused by the same power but this does not follow of necessity if they be of different species for not everything that can cause the disposition of matter can produce the final perfection now the imperfect operation which is subject to man's natural power is not of the same species as that perfect operation which is man's happiness since operation takes its species from its object consequently the argument does not prove sixth article whether man attains happiness through the action of some higher creature objection one it would seem that man can be made happy through the action of some higher creature viz an angel for since we observe a twofold order in things one of the parts of the universe to another the other of the whole universe to a good which is outside the universe the former order is ordained to the second as to its end metaphysics twelve ten thus the mutual order of the parts of an army is dependent on the order of the parts of an army is dependent on the order of the whole army to the general but the mutual order of the parts of the universe consists in the higher creatures acting on the lower as stated in the first part question one o nine article two while happiness consists in the order of man to a good which is outside the universe i e god therefore man is made happy through a higher creature viz an angel acting on him further that which is such in potentiality can be reduced to act by that which is such actually thus what is potentially hot is made actually hot by something that is actually hot but man is potentially happy therefore he can be made actually happy by an angel who is actually happy objection three further happiness consists in an operation of the intellect as stated above question three article four but an angel can enlighten man's intellect as shown in the first part question one eleven article one therefore an angel can make a man happy on the contrary it is written psalm eighty three verse twelve quote, the lord will give grace and glory unquote. i answer that since every creature is subject to the laws of nature from the very fact that its power and action are limited that which surpasses created nature cannot be done by the power of any creature consequently if anything need to be done that is above nature it is done by god immediately such as raising the dead to life restoring sight to the blind and such like now it has been shown above article five that happiness is a good surpassing created nature therefore it is impossible that it be bestowed through the action of any creature but by god alone is man made happy if we speak of perfect happiness if however we speak of imperfect happiness the same is to be said of it as of the virtue in whose act it consists reply objection one it often happens in the case of active powers ordained to one another that it belongs to the highest power to reach the last end while the lower powers contribute to the attainment of that last end by causing a disposition thereto thus to the art of sailing which commands the art of shipbuilding 
it belongs to use a ship for the end for which it was made thus too in the order of the universe man is indeed helped by the angels in the attainment of his last end in respect of certain preliminary dispositions thereto whereas he attains the last end itself through the first agent which is god reply objection to when a form exists perfectly and naturally in something it can be the principle of action on something else for example a hot thing heats through heat but if a form exists in something imperfectly and not naturally it cannot be the principle whereby it is communicated to something else thus the intention of color which is in the pupil cannot make a thing white nor indeed can everything enlightened or heated give heat or light to something else for if they could enlightening and heating would go on to infinity but the light of glory whereby god is seen is in god perfectly and naturally whereas in any creature it is imperfectly and by likeness or participation consequently no creature can communicate its happiness to another reply objection three a happy angel enlightens the intellect of a man or of a lower angel as to certain notions of the divine works but not as to the vision of the divine essence as was stated in the first part question one o six article one since in order to see this all are immediately enlightened by god seventh article whether any good works are necessary that man may receive happiness from god objection one it would seem that no works of man are necessary that he may obtain happiness from god for since god is an agent of infinite power he requires before acting neither matter nor disposition of matter but can forthwith produce the whole effect but man's works since they are not required for happiness as the efficient cause thereof as stated above article six can be required only as dispositions thereto therefore god who does not require dispositions before acting bestows happiness without any previous works objection two further just as god is the immediate cause of happiness so is he the immediate cause of nature but when god first established nature he produced creatures without any previous disposition or action on part of the creature but made each one perfect forthwith in its species therefore it seems that he bestows happiness on man without any previous works objection three further the apostle says romans four verse six that happiness is of the man quote, to whom god reputeth justice without works end quote. therefore no works of man are necessary for attaining happiness on the contrary it is written john thirteen verse seventeen quote, if you know these things you shall be blessed if you do them unquote. therefore happiness is obtained through works i answer that rectitude of the will as stated above question four article four is necessary for happiness since it is nothing else than the right order of the will to the last end and it is therefore necessary for obtaining the end just as the right disposition of matter 
in order to receive the form but this does not prove that any work of man need precede his happiness for god could make a will having the right tendency to the end and at the same time attaining the end just as sometimes he disposes matter and at the same time introduces the form but the order of divine wisdom demands that it should not be thus for as is stated in on the heavens two twelve quote, of those things that have a natural capacity for the perfect good one has it without movement some by one movement some by several unquote. now to possess the perfect good without movement belongs to that which has it naturally and to have happiness naturally belongs to god alone therefore it belongs to god alone not to be moved towards happiness by any previous operation now since happiness surpasses every created nature no pure creature can becomingly gain happiness without the movement of operation whereby it tends thereto but the angel who is above man in the natural order obtained it according to the order of divine wisdom by one movement of a meritorious work as was explained in the first part question sixty two article five whereas man obtains it by many movements of works which are called merits wherefore also according to the philosopher ethics one nine happiness is the reward of works of virtue reply objection one works are necessary to man in order to gain happiness not on account of the insufficiency of the divine power which bestows happiness but that the order in things be observed reply objection to god produced the first creatures so that they are perfect forthwith without any previous disposition or operation of the creature because he instituted the first individuals of the various species that through them nature might be propagated to their progeny in like manner because happiness was to be bestowed on others through christ who is god and man who according to hebrews two verse ten has brought many children into glory therefore from the very beginning of his conception his soul was happy without any previous meritorious operation but this is peculiar to him for christ's merit avails baptized children for the gaining of happiness though they have no merits of their own because by baptism they are made members of christ reply objection three the apostle is speaking of the happiness of hope which is bestowed on us by sanctifying grace which is not given on account of previous works for grace is not a term of movement as happiness is rather is it the principle of the movement that tends toward happiness eighth article whether every man desires happiness objection one it would seem that not all desire happiness for no man can desire what he knows not since the apprehended good is the object of the appetite on the soul three ten but many know not what happiness is this is evident from the fact that as augustine says on the trinity eight four quote, 
some thought that happiness consists in pleasures of the body some in a virtue of the soul some in other things therefore not all desire happiness objection to further the essence of happiness is the vision of the divine essence as stated above question three article eight but some consider it impossible for man to see the divine essence wherefore they desire it not therefore all men do not desire happiness objection three further augustine says on the trinity eight five that quote, happy is he who has all he desires and desires nothing amiss end quote. but all do not desire this for some desire certain things amiss and yet they wish to desire such things therefore all do not desire happiness on the contrary augustine says on the trinity eight three quote, if that actor had said you all wish to be happy you do not wish to be unhappy he would have said that which none would have failed to acknowledge in his will unquote. therefore every one desires to be happy i answer that happiness can be considered in two ways first according to the general notion of happiness and thus of necessity every man desires happiness for the general notion of happiness consists in the perfect good as stated above articles three four but since good is the object of the will the perfect good of a man is that which entirely satisfies his will consequently to desire happiness is nothing else than to desire that one's will be satisfied and this every one desires secondly we may speak of happiness according to its specific notion as to that in which it consists and thus all do not know happiness because they know not in what thing the general notion of happiness is found and consequently in this respect not all desire it wherefore the reply to the first objection is clear reply objection to since the will follows the apprehension of the intellect or reason just as it happens that where there is no real distinction there may be a distinction according to the consideration of reason so does it happen that one and the same thing is desired in one way and not desired in another so that happiness may be considered as the final and perfect good which is the general notion of happiness and thus the will naturally and of necessity tends thereto as stated above again it can be considered under other special aspects either on the part of the operation itself or on the part of the operating power or on the part of the object and thus the will does not tend thereto of necessity reply objection three the definition of happiness given by some quote, happy is the man that has all he desires unquote, or quote, whose every wish is fulfilled unquote, is a good and adequate definition if it be understood in a certain way but an inadequate definition if understood in another for if we understand it simply of all that man desires by his natural appetite thus it is true that he who has all he desires is happy 
since nothing satisfies man's natural desire except the perfect good which is happiness but if we understand it of those things that man desires according to the apprehension of the reason thus it does not belong to happiness to have certain things that man desires rather does it belong to unhappiness in so far as the possession of such things hinders man from having all that he desires naturally thus it is that reason sometimes accepts as true things that are a hindrance to the knowledge of truth and it was through taking this into consideration that augustine added so as to include perfect happiness that he quote, desires nothing amiss end quote, although the first part suffices if rightly understood to wit that quote, happy is he that has all he desires end, quote. end of question five